information provided on this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. All information, content, and materials available on this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Cultiva Law. Now, without further ado, here are your exquisite esquires, Mio Asami and Fabiola Jimenez. What up, squad? <laughs> Hell yeah, so you're back. We are back, episode uh, three. Yeah, so welcome back it's to Cultivating well. Conversations with me, Fabi Jimenez. And Mio Asami. All right, so today we're going to be talking about dun, 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 total THC versus Delta 9. In hemp. In hemp, and this what the fuck cannabis. does that mean? Yes, we are cannabis attorneys, but we also deal with hemp. <laughs> and CBD for all you other folk out there. Yes. <laughs> so, per usual, we're going to be doing, you know, our four points. Um, the USDA current situation, state-by-state overview, science and practical application issues, and finally, for any of the other random questions that we don't know as lawyers <laughs> within the hemp industry, um, he is a wealth of knowledge, has been in this industry for a really, really, really long time. And so um, we're super, super happy that he's part of the Cultiva team and he's joining us today to really help flesh out um, our topic of discussion um, for the total THC's topic that we'll be discussing today. So appreciate Chris, you guys you having wanna- me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Chris, you want to? I mean, you want to kind of introduce yourself? I know Fabi just did a fabulous intro. She like, did. Do wanna, I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do and <laughs> yeah. why the people need to listen to you anyway? Oh uh, well, um, I don't know if they need to, but I sure do like <laughs> it when they listen. Um, <laughs> but uh, they should. They should. Worked in cannabis compliance uh, way back in Pelly Law days uh, during the medical. He's uh, an OG. Oh, yeah, you... those good medical days when, you know, we could just say, no, no, it's a multiple collective garden. And <laughs> all of a sudden, plant count didn't matter. But thanks, Pete Holmes and Satterberg. Um, so, uh, but uh, learned a lot through regulation and, and especially uh, regulation of cannabis through that. And then um, after I uh, started a hemp company, uh, went and cultivated 300 acres I uh, had my own fun time with that. Uh, that's a good first go around. Spoken at a few different um, conventions across the United States, uh, New York, Nevada, Oregon, California, and Kentucky. Um, with DC coming uh, this November, I think. So So basically, you know your shit. I like to talk yep. and people like to listen now <laughs> for some reason. So we're there. <laughs> but yeah, Before this we get is... started, though, do we want to talk about what the hell's going on in the world right now? Um, oh yo, fucking quarantine. In the, yeah, in the midst of COVID-19 pandemic, stay-at-home order madness, we are recording. <laughs> yes. Don't worry, we're six feet apart and Mio has a fucking face mask because yeah, she has dying. a sore throat. Yes. <laughs> gotta be safe. We gotta be safe. We gotta be safe. Um, it's actually pretty nice to be back in this studio, aka yeah. our office. <laughs> Um, seeing people other than my dog, which I love, Chapo, shout out, follow him on Instagram. I'm just <laughs> Selfish plug. Um, no, it's actually really nice to be back in the office and um, see familiar faces. But with that, we want to be able to. Um, we are nail- staying safe. All right. And today, before I forget, our weekly word is decarboxylation. Decarboxylation. <laughs> right, that's not how you pronounce it. But decarboxylation. There we go. There it is. Something about decarbine, and because we're in quarantine, that's definitely not my situation right now. <laughs> um, I probably should be because I'm definitely getting the quarantine 
25? Is that, the COVID is that where 20? we're at? The, the COVID 20? The co- oh, shit. The COVID 20? Is that where we're at? No, I'm just joking. It's incredibly unhealthy. Don't do that. Oh. Please exercise and... Um, yeah. Be well. Please be well. Um, do shit and move around. Do shit. Do shit and move around. Um, all right. So, kind of kicking it off, we're going to start with the USDA's current situation and how they see um, Delta 9 and Total THC. Kind of some uh, an overview of the rules. Um Chris, I know you've been dealing a lot with these type of questions coming your way. So do you want to kick it off and discuss a little bit about the USDA? What we're seeing right now is more confusion than anything. Um, A lot of states are deferring um, to the federal guidelines of the 2014 Farm Bill. um, And a lot of states are changing their minds. Uh, Nevada has gone back and forth on whether they're going to go with the 2014 um, Delta 9 testing um, and post-decarboxylation testing and how that all works for them. Um, But uh, I think that until November, whenever these rules are finalized, um, we're going to see just a lot more of that. I don't think we're really going to see a whole lot of guidance from the USDA on this uh, unless our field goes hot, which at that point it would be more so from the local regulators than from uh, the USDA themselves. So, um, so I, why, why November? What you, you mentioned November 2020 being... So that's whenever the um, the initial 2014 farm bill um, expires. And right. so, yeah, it's it's so it, we're pretty much running that, full steam now. Yeah, the way that they did that was so the 24 the farm bills, the previous farm bill expires when they pass the new one. So the 2014 one really should have expired when the 2018 passed. Mm-hmm. But in the 2018 one, they kind of added a line in there that specifically said if states are already operating their hemp program under the 2014, they can um, continue that until um, the end of the crop year of 2020, which is in November. So um, that's why states that have are still working under the 2014 one are still able to continue their program under the 2014 one until November yep. <laughs> of this right, year. Right, right. And this is why it's very important to make sure that you have an attorney that keeps up on things. Yeah, yes. you want to stay on top of it because 2020 is looking like it's going to be a hot year for hemp and what the actual standards are going to end up being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's undeniable to see um, cannabis businesses being, you know, named essential businesses. So you can bet that things are going to be... Um, really looked out from a from a different perspective from a closer perspective um i don't think it's a coincidence that cannabis is deemed essential um so right now and um i also do want to point out with that um the usda has had some kind of emergency interim rules that have that have come out as well and it basically um and it basically provides for like a margin of error. Neil, we were talking about this earlier. Sure. Do you oh, want to yeah. kind of go ahead? And- so um, the USDA has decided that instead of so hemp used to just be tea. It was simple in its definition: is hemp is hemp if it's cannabis with a THC level of less than zero point three percent. Delta um, nine was the biggest uh, Delta nine THC. Yes. Was, yeah. Yes. Exactly. And that's. I mean, they didn't even differentiate it though back then. Though it was just like 
back then it was just like THC less than 0.3%. Okay, that's hemp. But like now, because of the whole idea of calculating total THC versus just THC, Delta 9 THC, um, they've kind of differentiated and some states are starting to actually add that Delta 9 language into their statutes or, you know, whatever regulations that they have. Um, so anyway, the USDA calculates um, or needs to take into consideration total THC, which is Delta 9 plus Delta 9 THC, which is the actual psychoactive, like active ingredient. And then also THCA, which is like a precursor to the Delta 9 um, THC. And what that means basically is that if THCA um, is hit with like heat or light or anything like that, it'll turn into THC. So it's basically the potential, the potential amount that can turn into THC whenever you actually use this product or, you know, light it up, toke it up, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do kids. with it. Whatever the kids are doing these <laughs> whatever days. Whatever the kids are doing these days, those youngins. Except um. <laughs> for dabs. I'm, I'm very opposed to dabs. You don't do the dabs. dabs. Fuck me up. No, I'm yeah. so afraid. I'm, I'm afraid. So, me up. I'm a purist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a yeah. purist. Stick with just normal hash then. Yeah. Normal hash. Not, <laughs> not what we have de- all of a sudden decided to create is essentially just free based THC. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was oh, like, yo, God. you know what? As soon as the blowtorches come out, I was like, nope. Oh, I'm fucking out of this room. Much. That's too I gotta much. go. I gotta go. That I'm is a busy. red line for a lot of people, actually. Yeah. That, is, that really I, is. Like, that's where the line see- is. It's like, whoa, torches, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no. I fucking see like a flaming hot little piece of metal. I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. Nope. What is that? <laughs> when, see, when the spoons start coming out, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so anyway, so the USDA calculates total THC, which is, the, as I said, Delta 9 plus THCA. And the way that the USDA needs the reports to be from the testing labs is that they, they need to take into consideration um, what they call MU, which stands for measurement of uncertainty. Um, so, for example, it's kind of confusing, but I guess the example helps a little bit. So, for example, if you give your hemp to a lab and that lab comes back and says that your THC level or total THC is at 0.35%, you might think, oh, shit, that's, it's more than 0.3%. I, my hemp is testing hot. I can't. You know, this is not compliant. But that's actually not the case. If the, if the lab comes back with the test result and it says 0.35, but it has a measurement of uncertainty of, for example, 0.06, then you have a distribution range of 0.29 to 0.41. And because 0.3 falls in between that distribution range, your hemp, even though it comes back with a total THC of 0.35, it is still technically considered compliant under the USDA um, rules. Right, right. And this and this was sort of birthed out of back in, um, you know, medical days as it converted over to recreational, we noticed a substantial difference between two different testing methods. You know, mm-hmm, we had right. never really been exposed to HPLC. Most of it was gas chromatography. Mm-hmm. They heated it mm-hmm. and they tested Delta 9. Mm-hmm. And that's how all the crime labs did it. That's how everybody right. did it. And so that's all we knew. Now, as evolutions of testing came and we were able to isolate things and test more specifically, you know, um, in general, we got more detailed. But then 
the issue with regulated cannabis and now also in hemp is the fact of the preparation of the sample material to where right. countless studies have been done by Steep Hill. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've talked about it uh, constantly. Uh, you know, um, I talked with uh, Integrity Labs a while back about it. It's it's the issue of preparation. So if you grind up the material before you test it and you happen to agitate it at all, you're going to stratify and the lighter vegetative material float to the top and the cannabinoids, all the trichomes will kind of move down to the bottom if they've mm-hmm. been broken off. So if you scoop from the top or the bottom, you get different, different results. results that can be within 5%. Right. I mean, crazy amounts. Right. And so... And then, you know, whole flower can vary depending on where it's taken. And so all these different variables come in. And so all these quantitative tests, especially when you're talking about 0.3%, a third right. of 1% is a, I mean, maybe a not scientific measurement. It's, it's probably a large amount, but uh, for most, that's, that's a pretty tight tolerance, you know, and when, when labs are cranking samples through and, and they're not able to clean their machines properly or, or have enough time to run enough sample tests as they have coming in, it's a big issue that's, that's, that's affected cannabis since day one right. and is now having a secondary effect on the hemp industry because we're adopting some of the similar protocols. So it's, it's kind of nice to see them give us this variance to where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, lab, just be honest with what your variance is and we'll grade it in between. Right. So, and, and also it removes a lot of liability from the labs. And if you remember, first they had DEA labs doing this testing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a massive liability on that, especially if they're wrong and they burn right. your crop down and you got $10 million down the drain mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had fun like that before. In days, <laughs> and and it didn't work out too well for them. They got sued for a lot. So it's... it's 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 good to see that they have that in mind, and then of course, as we know, you know they move that over to uh, approved labs, right, right, right. Um, as opposed to DEA controlled labs. Right. Which, as of February, yes, mm-hmm. as of February, which is great because there weren't nearly enough DEA. Li- There's still not enough labs to no, test at all. Definitely, yeah, because some states have like one for the entire state, so it's right. like that's just nearly impossible to send. Right, and you know, and according to the rules, the sampling has to be done by the lab. It has right. to be lab personnel right. doing the sampling. So to send. Somebody from the lab to some farm, you know, way out in the boonies somewhere in a different state where you're, you know, the lab was in, like, the capital or wherever, you know, wherever the fucking populated city is in your state. Um, (laughs) It's just, like, it's, it's just... Logistically, it would be a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Which is a nice segue into our second point with, you know, looking at total THC on a state-by-state basis. Like, I think we mentioned earlier, it, it is a difficult conversation to have because you have all these states adopting different rules and adopting different rules at different stages as far as how they feel comfortable with their understanding of what is hemp and what is delta nine and total thc and so we've seen a trend where the states are looking obviously towards federal regulation but they're also looking internally and realizing you know Obviously, Kentucky's hemp regulations are going to be much more evolved than what you would say Idaho, because Idaho sucks and doesn't allow for it. I used to not want to wear my hemp company t-shirt when yeah. I flew into Idaho. <laughs> Like, I got sketched out at TSA. I'm like, I don't know, guys. You guys yeah. are Idaho. <laughs> You're Idaho, exactly. And so, Beautiful. you know, we're not- states that have completely banned are still on the whole oh, like, bandwagon of like, oh, no. It's the devil's lettuce. Yeah, none of this, please. Like, but you okay. know what? 
But black people still can't walk on their left side of the sidewalk. I'm telling you. I'm <laughs> oh, telling I'm sorry. You. I misspoke. Idaho is one of three states, so that's even worse. Right. Yes, it's fucking terrible. You Idaho. Idaho. Okay. Mississippi is anyway. one, but not surprised. <laughs> okay, so... Where did it stop on Utah? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the Idaho thing, and then I've just been, and I hit record, and we've been going. So we're at oh, okay. the state so, by state. So we're still state by state. All right. Okay. So, so, so Mio's favorite word is Utah. Yeah. From, in this conversation. <laughs> that's my word. Oh, that's her word. Um, <laughs> don't trademark it. <laughs> trademark. Trademark. Um, so, yeah. So, so you know, state by states, really, uh, we're not going to sit here and tell you every specific state that is this and that, because... I mean, you got to pay us. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, I can give you that info, but you got to retain my services. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, in all it's honesty, it's, it's shorter to say there's maybe, I think there's like five states that have implemented total THC. Yeah. Out yeah. of the 50 that we, it's 50. We have 50 states. Yes, so. still. Um, yeah, we still have 50 states. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One um, of us went to college. Yeah, there's. <laughs> one of us in the room went to college. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like one of, yeah, there's only five. Yeah, I think it's five yeah, states that are sideways. Cleared it out? No, I'm sorry, four. There's only four that have kind of clearly stated that they're going to do total THC. Um, everywhere else is either the three that has completely banned it, or right. um, they've made it clear that they're only doing Delta 9, or they just haven't really touched it yet. Yeah. Which is, again, just kind of adding to the whole idea that this situation can be a shit show. Regulatory and, shit show. For sure. And and the way that we break it down when we're talking to our clients and like how we analyze it state by state is we actually talk with them and figure out where the product is coming from and where it's going. And then mm-hmm. we can start tracing those states and that way we're not spending hours upon hours like going into each um, regulatory um, scheme for the state, for every state, because it changes. This is what is really interesting about our industry and so different from any other industry is that it's still being crafted. It's still being formalized. So, so when clients come to us and say like, I want to move him from a to B. Okay. We start looking at where are you getting your hemp from? We got to make sure you're set up and organized and and in compliance with where you're getting your hemp. And then we start tracking it. You're going to move it from X state to Y state. Let's general direction and then we create a sort of a do's and don'ts map of this is okay if you travel from here to here this is not okay don't cross idaho it's basically <laughs> what it really goes go around cross idaho. go around um, and, and there's a couple of other states that have regulatory um, language that states you know you need an extra permit just to even transport hemp mm. and right. so it so it's just a matter of getting together with your legal team and and it's a swift process once we get the right um details from what you're trying to do um again it makes us a little bit different um as a law firm that our job is to make things happen for our clients i mean our clients know that there's a lot of no's but our job is to make sure that we provide them with the best legal advice so that they can do what they want um, within reason. And so um, state by state regulation of hemp, it's still ongoing. It's ever changing. Definitely get legal advice um, when you start transporting hemp and figuring out um, the best route to do that, to keep your products safe from confiscation. Cause sometimes we are able to get them out. Sometimes we're not. And that's just the nature of the beast. And so we try to mitigate that as much as possible. Some of it is on the initial due diligence, making mm-hmm. sure you're doing. I mean, and and that even applies to uh, selling uh, 
consumer products, you know, uh, online, state to state shipping. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, some states are a lot less friendly with that. They'll treat it as if it's a marijuana shipment. And it's even though it's not. And, you know, then you end up with a dissatisfied customer Mm -hmm. and that hurts your brand. And so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at minimum, you can do damage to your brand at most, you know, your freedom. Yeah, for sure. And and you have to realize, too, like certain shipping companies and carriers have their own rules for what they mm -hmm. allow, you know, so... You, the U.S. Postal Service versus FedEx versus UPS versus... Twitter. I love the United States Postal Service. It's the first time <laughs> I've wild. ever been a big fan of them. Because <laughs> like, oh, they will ship any... I, I remember we got a call that there was a guy that had just dumped in a bag full of hemp into a box and taped that box up. There was mm-hmm. no internal liner. Jesus. Uh, a, uh, a forklift hit the box, split it open, and mm-hmm. dumped out a bunch of uh, uh, hemp flower yep. on the ground and stunk up their whole place. They called, oh my gosh. and they were in a hurry for us to go pick it up from their distribution place because it was pretty bad when we got there. <laughs> we walked in the door, and it smelled like a dispensary. <laughs> but they were cool about it, though. They were still good about it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. same thing. I've had I had really good success with the with um, the U.S. Postal Service. Like same thing. A client's um, CBD products were confiscated, and it was a matter of like making sure we had a good COA that we can provide um, them. They, I mean, it took a little bit back and forth of me going with um, with their counsel, but I was able to retrieve and educate clients. them a little. And educate them a little. <laughs> But I was able to get our clients' products back, which was super, super um, important and actually worth a lot of money. So yeah. Anyway, so so now that we've kind of hit the state to state, we're going to hit our third point, which is science and practical application issues with regards to testing for Delta Nine and total THC. Yeah. Um. So I guess to start with that is you know we had talked a little bit about you know tolerant. Uh, standards of testing issues um you know the the evidence that's out there from steep hill labs on preparations and protocols for samples and how that changes um labs and tolerances i mean luckily the usda allows that margin uh to be equated for in your test results so you can't you know blame it on the lab essentially or you, you don't have anybody to blame but yourself is kind of where they're sort of trying to paint you into i think um, but that's just my own personal opinion. So, uh, but, but with that, you know, protocols will adapt. I'm pretty sure there's similar protocols, um, you know, whenever it comes to detecting, uh, certain things in hops, there's certain testing protocols, you know, we borrow a little bit from each industry that is existing okay. to craft the one that's in front of us. And that's right. the way it's been since day one. So, uh, I really think there needs to be a big push for an actual medical view at not only THC, which by the way, slight segue on this is. The whole purpose, and like a hundred years ago, some guy wrote a book because the government wanted him write him wanted him to write a book about the difference of hemp and marijuana because they were already looking at outlawing it, Jesus. and so they wanted to differentiate right. it. And the guy said, "Look, you paid me to do this, and that's great, but differentiating these two plants solely based on a negligible amount." one of its constituents mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is completely against science mm-hmm. right. and, and ridiculous. But if we're going to pick a number, let's pick this. And that's how we got 0.03. <laughs> so it's if anybody wild. wants to know where it came from, it's yeah. an arbitrary number by somebody who really didn't even want to do the study but enjoyed the government grant. Right. You know what's <laughs> going to happen? We're going to fucking come down a couple years from now. Just like aliens, <laughs> just like the fucking government <laughs> just came out the video on fucking aliens the whole time. It's a they distraction. Know it's They're going to come down a few years from now. Like, so we've known that 0.3 is total bullshit. Yeah. Um, but we got to do something. So we got to do something. Yeah. And so that's just where we're at. I'm a total conspiracy theorist on this. So 
think of that as aliens. And marijuana <laughs> is like an alien right yeah. now. Like they're hiding it. They're 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 not giving us the right information. They're not allowing yeah. us to see really thoroughly what they have behind the scenes. Um, and I think it's because they're afraid of what the backlash is going to be um, when they do reveal like, hey, 0.03 is bullshit and yeah. everyone's going to be pissed. It's arbitrary. It's like, um, but, you know, that's just kind of where we're at. That's just where we're at right now with, with this current situation and um, we are hoping that as this industry matures, as more people and more scientists get involved and we can get some of that concrete evidence to be able to say X, Y, and Z is backed by actual science and right. not speculation, right. not by some random writer that was... Groups against the, people yeah, getting group, high. Yeah, <laughs> something, something like that. Um, you know, and the, I mean, as a... Yeah. As a practical matter, like for farmers, like anybody that's actually growing out there, um, it might seem intimidating that some states, you know, you might be in Oregon or you might be in a state that is accounting for total THC versus just Delta 9. And so because you now have that added factor of their calculating THCA, my hemp is more likely to test hot and it might um, be non-compliant. Um, which I, it's understandably scary, but I think um, it's something that we're just going to have to navigate through with the best of our abilities and um, hope for the best in the yeah. sense of, <laughs> you know, we got to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, it's in just, the beginning, it's, it's, an ever, it's an ever changing thing right now. And that's just, you know, part of the risk of being in an emergence in, in an emerging industry is that you just, Nope. You know, you're navigating something that is uncharted territory. So, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and, and that's actually a good um, a good point is is for farmers that are concerned about this. You mm-hmm. know, um, the biggest thing about testing is not necessarily whether it's Delta Nine or THCA. The biggest directive that is in the interim rules that are coming into effect is that the tests are to be performed post decarboxylation, which means mm-hmm. that, that that the sample has to be heated and converted. So then um, at least most or all of the THCA can convert over into a Delta-9 for testing. Mm-hmm. This opens up uh, gas chromatography testing, things like that, which are normally used, um, which are actually cheaper to operate as well. And so I think that might be in their mind is expanding testing. It'll be cheaper to run a bunch of GCs than to develop all of this crazy equipment for UPLC or UHPLC and HPLC. So... With that, um, all that means is that you take your THCA result, multiply it by 0.877, and that will give you your potential Delta-9 results. Um, sometimes other things like THCV will be a little bit higher, and that'll somehow complicate the total THC test, and, and there's always variables. All right, so yeah, we were talking about decarboxylation, which is just taking your THCA and multiplying it by 0.877. Uh, which will give you your total potential Delta-9. So uh, that has to do with a lot of confusing stuff involving molecular weight changes and carbon atoms, but really what it comes down to it is if you're only able to get a HPLC test, you can factor your own total potential THC by doing that simple math. So hopefully that helps out some farmers and also helps people read tests a little bit better. Um, THCA doesn't matter now because we are going to start talking about decarbing and then testing. So that old thing of, well, it's THCA, so it doesn't count, doesn't really apply anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I think we covered a lot of information, and it really kind of boils down to the government doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. So, um, <laughs> Words. What's um, new in this What industry? is new? So, I mean, team, what do you guys think? I mean, what are some proposed changes? What do you think would be some good changes moving forward? Like, if we had a magic genie bottle and we can tell the government, hey, these are some things to consider um, to create a much more useful set of regulations um what would you guys say i mean in all honesty i think with with anything i mean part of the issue when it comes to the united states and how we regulate things is federalism like we leave so many things up to the states and that's a good thing you know to an extent but when it comes to things like interstate commerce and hemp and things like that it would help to have one standardized you know um rule that we can all follow and that we would all be able to be um that we can all look to and just kind of know that that's the standard um so i mean when it proposed change wise like i would love for you know just that kind of standardized consistency in how we regulate these things um i mean and that goes obviously with cannabis or marijuana as well as just hemp but <laughs> right, right. yeah what do you think chris i mean i think that it's as simple as you know in the interim leave it maybe on the farmers to where they don't pop over one percent total thc and then uh, maybe start looking at remediation techniques and regulations on uh, processors uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. see, you know, because it, it, the biggest thing is diversion and de facto marijuana legalization. That's what law enforcement's really concerned about, in my opinion. And a lot of them are scared of it. A lot of them are terrified that marijuana is suddenly going to become legal everywhere mm-hmm. because we can't tell the difference, mm-hmm. which was, I think, has been their argument for like 190 years for sure um and so i can't tell the difference oh um well so that sounds like a you problem that sounds that doesn't sound like decades of prohibition to me but uh so i think that there's going to be a big need to 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 really just be realistic stop being afraid of the thc monster um stop being afraid the kids are going to go run into traffic with scissors because of it and just raise it up to one percent for the farmer so it keeps the farmer honest it keeps the geneticist honest Mm -hmm. and it keeps us breeding in a lineage to where we can just have hemp without these worries then let the processors deal with how much the end product contains how much the wholesale product contains in the oils or whatever extraction they're making and remediation techniques to get that thc out and protocols for what to do you can either carry it over into cbn and sell that separately here in america or um you can destroy it which i have a few great ways to destroy large amounts of thc most of them involve a lighter (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh but yeah i mean i really think that we just need to get some common sense point like that while we do research and we figure it out i mean everybody's right. afraid of this thc boogeyman and it's right. most hemp farmers don't want to be pot farmers i've, I've yeah. talked to them across the countries none of them want to be pot farmers they never have grown pot mm-hmm. they just see a means for them to make money better mm-hmm. than subsidies right and really that's all they're going for mm-hmm. is a new livelihood some people got some you know pie in the sky ideas and sure, all that sure. but for the most part, it's just honest farmers trying to, you know, be able to pay down the bank loans, be able to right. maybe make it ahead once in, right. in generations. It's that's what they care about. They don't care about growing pot. 
Right. Yeah. So the government needs to understand that. It needs right. to really talk to farmers and really work with farmers and develop something that's more rational and science-based than punitive-based. Like yeah, we kind of yeah. know. And but. I agree. Like you brought up a really good point about remediation and how um, that should be something that regulations consider. And um, they're starting to talk. And about they it. are. Yeah. And it's nice that they are because a lot of the regulations just kind of lay out like this is the standard for you know, what is considered hemp, and if it tests hot, then it tests hot, and that's not compliant. And they don't really follow up with, well, what happens if it does test hot? You know, like, not many people know what to do if it does, and some places don't even go that far as to even specifically say, like, oh, like, you have have these three options, or you have, you know, this is what um, the regulatory body is going to do. So, I mean, it would help to allow just kind of like a standardized no like we if you if it tests hot then you can remediate you know if it's right. if it's a concentrate you can remediate it let's yeah. let's do this that's going to be okay and then we'll make it compliant and then it'll be fine like it's it's like this whole testing monster like the, so the THC monster the testing monster like it shouldn't be such a monster no. i think and it's just in the then future. Then you worry about pesticides more than THC. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, I don't want to be, like, smoking rat poison in my body. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, right. I used to smoke cigarettes. So, yes, I did use to smoke <laughs> rat poison. But. <laughs> Super judgy side eyes from Bobby in the corner. So, yeah. <laughs> side note, I did smoke rat poison. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, it was socially acceptable rat it was, poison. It was socially acceptable rat poison. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, and I don't suggest it at all. Um, <laughs> smoke weed instead. So, yeah. Says so something from the audience. Smoke weed. Says <laughs> from the audience. Not from the <laughs> but yeah, it just it it. I think it will be something that helps get rid of the THC monster is to allow a remediation process and to standardize that and make and kind of give assurance to people. Um, that even if it tests hot, you're not, you know, you didn't completely destroy your fucking crop. Like, <laughs> right. And then, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's wild to, uh, to think that a farmer could grow a crop and by no fault of his own lose it all. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that it's, blows it's my crazy, mind. Right. I mean, other than, you know, mother nature, but right. the farmer, you know, those families have to deal with hurricanes in some areas, especially right. down South. They have to deal with crazy stuff, right. bugs, fucking tornadoes, droughts, tornadoes. Yeah. I mean, I saw some crazy stuff growing hemp. <laughs> and it happens all yeah. in one day too. Yeah. All in, day. in well, some areas. Day. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, it's, it's, it's wild to see that. And then you throw on this arbitrary thing of like, hey, if your crop happens to test over this random number that we're not even sure what we're doing, you could lose it all. Right, right. That's terrifying. Right. That is going to de-incentivize hemp farming. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, right, and right. you know, speaking of incentivizing, you know, whenever we talk about things like setting up things to do with that THC. You know, we want to make sure not to incentivize people to grow massive acreages of non-compliant hemp right. just to serve the THC market. True. You know, True. down in down in Nevada, the the there was a big talk about allowing you to sell hot product into the recreational system. Oh shit! And 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 me myself, a couple other people, and the actual Department of Taxation down there. Um, had a situation where they were like, uh, we don't want any part of this because this is just going to incentivize people to grow mega acres. Right, of, you're basically of, yeah. allowing unlicensed farmers to grow 
Right. We. <laughs> and coming from a tax department, they do like that tax money. True. And so they're incentivized <laughs> to get more stuff into their right. system so to collect more taxes. Yes. Yes. So if they, they don't regulate. like it, I mean, so it's, it's I don't know, it's far from perfect. Mm-hmm. But get so, a So, yeah, standardized. <laughs> yeah, standardization. Yeah, yes. I think uh, uh-huh. the message of this episode is uh, get a fucking lawyer because <laughs> sometimes we know what we're doing and sometimes we really know what we're doing. <laughs> right. Um. And most of the time, we will figure it out with you. Yes, for sure. Um, We didn't pick a strain for this. We didn't. We didn't pick one. So let's just think of what's... We we just have a hair strain of choice, maybe a hemp cultivar. Oh, I like that. Well, then let's talk about some of the new uh, hemp cultivars that are coming out. Um, One of the new ones is Matterhorn from HGH Seeds. It is a high CBG cultivar. I don't work for them at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So today, um, disclaimer, uh, disclaimer, not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. No, um, no affiliates. Um, but we should, disclaimer: um, This is not legal advice. Right. No, no, no. Chris is not a lawyer. Nope. He knows his shit, but he's not a lawyer. That's one thing I'm not as a lawyer. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, the white is a phenomenal hemp cultivar, specifically because it's allowed a lot of. Um, reassurances with farmers and to the user to where uh, it is a CBG cultivar, which mm-hmm. is cannabigerol, which is a different, it's actually the precursor to either THC or CBD. Mm-hmm. All they did was flip a switch so it doesn't turn into THC. So nice. you end up with very, very compliant 0.1 total THC mm-hmm. levels on, on average wow. Wow. Uh, from, from what's out on the interwebs at least. Uh, <laughs> and then, but, uh, you know, high teens of CBG and so these are actually being used uh, surprisingly enough with the current times and uh, creating a uh, antiviral antibacterial it's actually going through some interesting uh, trials right now to fight MRSA and things like that so Jeez. expansion what? of hemp cannabinoids you never know so mm-hmm. sure let's pick that one it's hemp and it's progressive yeah. <laughs> and as just- always if you want to learn more about that it'll be on our Instagram page um, at cultivating conversations uh, I think that's our handle. Hold on. Hold on. Check Let's in. check. Pause for... Pause for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, check. Cultivating Convos 420 is our Instagram. Okay. So, as always, if you want to learn more about that strain, um, you can go to our Instagram page. We will have more information. Our Instagram handle is at Cultivating Convos 420. Um, you can follow me. 420. 420. You can follow me at Fabia Cultiva. You can follow Mio. Mio at Cultiva. Definitely you can find us on LinkedIn. Actually, Chris's LinkedIn is pretty awesome. Um, he has a lot of information, so you guys can look him up and follow him for some really good information as well. All right, squad. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed your four points on. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Yes. Please don't spread COVID. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye.